Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Hello, everybody. Hi. We're back again. In your ear holes. <laughs> Tracy loves it when I say that. I do. It was just for your enjoyment, Tracy. Thanks. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we did an interesting thing last Friday, didn't we? Oh, it was so much fun. So it was Samhain for mm-hmm. the pagan calendar. In the Southern Hemisphere. Yes. And it was the turning of the wheel, mm-hmm. which is, it marks the start of a new mm-hmm. year. Sort of year, pagan-wise. Mm-hmm. If that's how you say it. Yeah. Um, but we went to a new place that has opened up that Shannon's working out of for mm-hmm. all her full moon, new moon and different ceremonies throughout the year that's yep, related for this to year. Yep. yep. Um, so we went to the Samhain one, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Well, I thought it was too. Yeah, I thought it, it was so awesome, apart from when Shannon nearly got burnt like a crisp. <laughs> Yeah. Talk about happened. burn the witches at the stake. It was just like, whoa, I just saw into our ancestral past. But you did see that. I did. You were watching. So there was a fire and we had a ceremony inside. We sat in circle and we honoured our ancestors and offerings. Yep. We um, gave out, we brought offerings for our ancestors and they got all wrapped up in a beautiful big bundle and got tossed into the fire. And there was a little bit of grog. In that bundle. And, well, there was a closed bottle. And bottles and little jars and, yep. And so it did eventually end up in a little bit of a, went off with a bang. It did, a little bit of an explosion. <laughs> no one got hurt. It was, so lucky no one got hurt because yes. Shannon was, Shannon had the fire poker in her hand and was poking the fire. She was literally poking Like it. she was literally yeah. in the fire poking it when it exploded. Yep. It's crazy. Not even her dress got singed or anything, but I don't know how because I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know. But that like that image is like impressed in my brain. And you were staring at it. Yeah. I don't think anybody else was. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a beautiful evening of um, a lot of women coming together who only a, only a few who had done something similar and sat in circle and done some sort of ceremony um, especially related to the pagan side of things. But um, it was pretty much new for everyone, which was beautiful to see everyone embracing it uh, and really enjoying it and becoming emotional, which in ceremony is always traditionally quite emotional because we're looking at our ancestors and honouring them and, you know, talking about them and to them um, and asking them for whatever support they can give us. And it's a beautiful experience, um, but it's not my favourite in what way? In the wheel of the year. Oh, okay. Go on. Why is it not your favorite? <laughs> She's just staring at me like. Well, Don't I w- ask. No, I was just thinking what you thought of it. Like what? Like I was actually in that moment. Um, I thought it was. I really enjoyed taking the time to honor the ancestors because, um, and Shannon said it that night. Quite often, you think about the ancestors and you hear about you know ancestral trauma. I've certainly had a little dance with ancestral trauma myself. And this was a time to um, honour all the positives, Mm. which was nice, and remember those good things. And like you said, you know, reach out to them and, um, you know, with gratitude but ask for whatever it is that you wanted to ask for. And um, you were sitting right beside the little space where everybody went to. So we all took our turn at introducing ourselves and putting our offerings into this big parcel that ended up you know, getting bundled up, but you were sort of sat in that space right beside where all that was happening. Mm. Um, And it was intense. Like pretty much everybody cried when they were doing that. Um, And you being you sitting right there, gosh, that must have been tough. I'm glad it was me sitting there. Yeah. Because it would have been really a lot for any one of those people apart from Shannon or I, I think. Yeah. Like it just would have been, it would have, um, it would have just deflected, not deflected, but it would have just taken away 
from their own experience. Whereas I think I'm just so used to holding space for people. And like Shannon emailed me later on and she was just like, I totally wasn't surprised to see you sitting directly across from me. And that was a total accident because I went to, I wanted one of those chairs. I wanted one of those chairs for my back. Those chairs were great. Yeah. I so wanted one. one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And then I got stuck, not stuck, but then I was talking to someone, I turned around and everyone had their bums on one of those chairs. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is my cushion then. Yeah. And then I sort of realized where Shannon's sitting and I'm like, oh, great. And then she's like, and this is where we're going to do the offerings right in front of you, Tracy. And I'm like, great. <laughs> but I think um, like energetically, like Shannon and I were just like, of course, mm-hmm. of course. Um, I think uh, it was emotional, but um, once I, once I recognized how emotional that position was going to be after the first one, I was like, okay, time to, time to arm up. And that's why I didn't go until towards the very end. Cause I wanted to make sure that I was still able to hold space before I connected to my yeah. ancestors and, and got sad yeah. <laughs> and lost uh-huh. the plot. <laughs> it didn't look like you lost the plot. No, but I, I think whenever everyone cries in front of someone, it always, and you're so alone, you're not alone, but you're just sitting there by yourself saying what you're saying and you like. I wanted so bad to get up and cuddle you. <laughs> I was right around the other side. I was on. Like basically right opposite. side, Shannon. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I was so badly, but I'm like, no, don't make a scene, Lara. She's got this. <laughs> got it. And it, I think it's rare that like people will see me cry anyway. So that would have been different, I guess. Well, for you, you to know, see anyone that you care about it's not easy to watch them yeah. cry but it's it's a nice cry sometimes yeah. you know so but i know i was also wondering you being you um and we're all talking to dead people mm-hmm. did you have you know your boundaries up so you couldn't see anyone come through because that could have been really busy and yeah. noisy for you otherwise no i intentionally set boundaries before going into that plus it would have um for lack of a better way of saying it messed with Shannon's intention and with her, with her controlling the space and it's her event. Like it's not for me to go in there and and do something like that. So I wouldn't do it. But, um, when we were standing around the fire, Hmm. um, that's when spirits started to appear. Oh, really? Um, and there wasn't much that I could do about it at that point, but I didn't mind because yep. it was basically over at that point and I just let them do, yeah. yeah, I just let them do what they wanted to do and none of them really had anything to say to me. They were all just standing beside the people that they oh, were there really? with. Yeah, and That's some of them beautiful. some of them were coming down in the smoke, which was interesting. Like every now and then I'd look up and I'd see out of the corner of my eye, you know how like smoke moves up? I, every now and then I'd notice out of the corner of my eye something moving down and I'd look up and I'd notice that there were spirits coming down. It's like they were coming through the smoke of the fire to come in. It was really cool. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, wow. Um, but again, I'm not going to stand there and talk about that stuff while we're there because it's just no, going to take away from from people's experience and and what we're there for. And you'd be there forever. And it's not my show. Everyone. Yeah, it's yeah. just not like it's not. It, it was. My, I was there for me, and it's very yeah. rare that I do things like that. So again, yeah. that's what I was going to say. It would yeah. have taken away from your experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would have felt like, to be honest, like at the very top of it all, would have been. I would have felt like I was dishonouring my ancestors. Like I needed to honour the the ceremony and the intention behind it and that time of year and they needed to be my priority above yeah. humans and above myself, above Shannon, above everyone. And then next came Shannon. And it's like, no, this is – and, I mean, I would do that for a total stranger if it was their event, not that I would go to a, strange, a stranger's event, but um, it's Shannon's event. Yeah. You just don't – it's other light workers. You just don't do shit like that. No. Um, but it was such a good night. We had so much fun. It was great. Yeah. I was just curious as to how your experience would have differed from everybody else that was there, given, you know, Mm. that you have those. Aside from holding space, (laughs) aside from holding space for the people while they like let go um, and the fire part, uh, there wasn't really much Mm. to it in terms of my abilities. Yep. Because you had your boundaries up. Mm. Otherwise it could have been a red hot mess. It would have been. Yeah. Guaranteed. It'd be like walking into a cemetery. Yeah. I wonder if... So that's how it would be if, like, someone had those abilities but not developed. Correct. That's what it used to be like for me. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I couldn't walk into a a ceremony, a cemetery, otherwise I felt like I was going to vomit and I'd get a really bad headache. And so that's that's usually my indication of knowing whether or not um, my protection is where it needs to be because if I start to feel a bit sick in the stomach, like a bit nauseous, then I know that I'm not as protected as I should be. Right. Hmm. So that's one of the first things you feel. One of them, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. Interesting. I usually just start to get this chatter in my head, like thoughts that aren't mine. Okay. Then I feel the connection of the stomach. So usually it's in the mind before it's the stomach. Yep, but it puts you off. Yeah. Way off. Ugh, it's made me feel gross. Yeah, it hasn't happened for a really long time, but it's not well, fun. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of people will, will, that's list that, that our listeners, um, they'd probably identify with what I'm talking about because it's quite common. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, weird. So cool about so this. weird. Spirits coming down the smoke thing. I'm not yeah. quite over that. That would have been cool to see. I was hoping that some of the pictures that Elisa got, who is the owner of the landing space where the event was oh, at. Yeah, I wanted to mention the landing space. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. such a beautiful space. If you're a local to the Central Coast, get yourself over there. Shannon's got another 17 events uh, throughout 2021. Uh, so there's ample opportunity and I'm going to be going to as many as I possibly can. Yeah. So please come along and always the spots are limited so it keeps the space sacred and um, manageable and personal. Um, but, yeah, such a beautiful space for events. It's so amazing. Yep. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Mm. But um, I was hoping that Elisa had a taken because I saw her with her with her phone taking cam like taking photos and videos. Yeah. And I was hoping that she would have got some of the fire. And when I saw them, that I'd be able to show people what I saw. I took a few photos and of the, the fire. Did yep. you? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to have a look. Oh, would you want to see them now? No, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very boring in people's <laughs> ear holes. I'll send them to you. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was special. Shannon's special. It was a beautiful. It was a beautiful night. Yeah. And that moon was incredible. So nice. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. So it's a new, new year energetically. Yep. So pretty much from now on it's all about um, like most of autumn has done its work. Like most of it's been released now. And now it's just sitting down and getting ready to move into winter for us and to look now towards winter solstice, which is more of a celebratory type event. Um it's much more jovial mm -hmm. um, and now like Samhain uh, sort of marks that that time to to ease off yourself now, like you don't have to keep going in. So at Samhain I tend to stop doing my inner work and now it's just a matter of resting and nurturing my body and mm -hmm. like for the first part of um, autumn I was so sick and so out of it and wrong and just off with the fairies and oh. god knows where else I was who knows where you were yeah but my body wasn't happy my mind wasn't happy my emotions weren't happy nothing was happy and now it's just like all oh, gone away and everything's back to normal now yeah yeah it's cool ready for some new leaves and branches yep. and flowers and everything to bloom speaking of which we will be having a blooming good time at our meet and greet woohoo May 22nd. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's come around so quickly. I'm like, oh, yep. my God. Yeah, it truly has. And it will be two days after our one-year anniversary of our first episode being released. Yep. And it was released on a new moon. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we planned that. You planned that. And I was like, yeah. why? Oh. <laughs> Get it. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, Something else that we're going to be releasing soon. Yeah. Wink, wink, nod, nod. It's another podcast. It's another podcast. Because we don't have enough that we're already doing. Yeah. It's going to be called, you say it. Turns out it's haunted. Yay. Yay. So we're going to be collating your stories about haunted things. And your ghost stories, your experiences with your loved ones who have crossed over and knowing that they've come to visit or shown you themselves or so it's not questions. It's really just uh, your experiences with spirits and hauntings and haunted places or, you know, all over the world, wherever you are, just send them in. Yep. Um, we're going to try and format it so that it's very similar to Turns Out She's Psychic in terms of each episode will be um, an episode driven by us in terms of we'll investigate some well-known haunted locations, either literally in person investigate them <laughs> or uh, just do research for things that are overseas and beyond our visitation abilities unless we fly and and um, tele teleport over to <laughs> Ireland or something. I don't know. That would be cool. It would be cool. Um, astral and travel. Astral travel. And then uh, every now and then we'll release sort of like a listener, listener tales or a listener stories episode where it would just be all your stories come together. So we need your stories yes. and we want to read them out and people love to hear them. And I know that I like hearing other people's yeah, stories. We love your stories. We do. And so 
turns out it's haunted uh, and turns out she's psychic. They're basically going to be a part of a bigger thing that we're kind of working on. Um, and so stay tuned for that. But we thought we'd give you, turns out it's haunted. And right so that's going to be very soon. <laughs> but we do have a little insight into one story uh, that would be the perfect story for a, like it turns out it's haunted listener tales episode. Yes, it's an example. It's an example. And then that this story kind of brought up a few a few things that we thought that we might talk about. So I'll let Laura tell the story. Yep, I'll do some reading now and then we'll get over to you. So it's from Kate. Thank you Kate. Thanks for being part of our inspiration for a new show. More work. Thanks a lot, Kate. Okay, here we go. Hi, Wonder Women. This is probably going to be a long one. Firstly, I'd like to start by saying how devastated I am that I found your podcast when you were only three quarters of a season through. Much like I binge watch a good series on Netflix, I wish you guys were about four seasons in so my listening never has to come to an end. I absolutely love listening to you both. Each and every episode has my complete interest. You are now the first podcast that I am hanging on a new episode for. Ah, <laughs> Isn't that nice? Might I just say there is something very special about your connection, Tracy and Lara. The depth of your friendship is audible and admirable too. Oh, thank you, Kate. So here goes. I believe I have a rather strong connection with the spiritual realm. When I was a toddler, I actually spoke to my maternal grandfather that had passed at least on two occasions that my mum can recall. I never got to meet my grandfather here on earth. One time I was standing up in my cot speaking to him before promptly telling my mum that he was here. Another time I was speaking to him down the space between the fridge and the wall before again announcing to my family that he was here to visit. Growing up and seeing pictures of this beautiful man and hearing stories about him, my soul sat somewhere between grief and longing of never having been graced with his presence and comfort in feeling that I secretly had some sort of unique and superior connection to him than everyone else. He <laughs> he. <laughs> Throughout my life, I have always felt a connection to him. His birthday is actually the day before mine. I have been told by a medium I've seen that our souls had met in passing on the other side and a cheeky agreement was made I wasn't allowed to be born on his birthday. That's so cute. My mum was born in Coola, New South Wales, and her family moved to Western Sydney when she was four. My grandfather ran the timber mill out at Coola, when I was 19, I moved to Mudgee, New South Wales, about 40 minutes from Coola, with the man that ended up being the father of my three children. We got married and are now separated. He has since moved three hours away and yet I still feel completely tied to Mudgee being my home. Not long after he left, I met a beautiful man and this relationship felt completely fated. I had moments of actually feeling like he was the reason I was pulled here and stayed here. Our synchronicities were out of this world and I always felt some sort of connection to my grandfather through him. He was also a carpenter and completely obsessed with timber. The special things that happened with me and spirit slowly started to happen around him too and he was the first person that truly understood this side of me. That relationship has since fallen apart and I am really struggling to let it go. I don't entirely know if I'm supposed to just yet. I actually feel like neither of us want to let it go. I guess time will tell. A few years after living here, I also found out that my paternal great-grandparents are buried about 20 minutes away. Isn't it funny, or not so funny, that I feel completely pulled to be here when I'm where I am right now and somehow ended up moving away from my Earthside family and have ended up in a spot that there is so much family history surrounding me. My connection with my grandfather aside, I feel I pick up on energy around me. I can often walk into a room and tune into other people's energy. I am also fascinated by the things I get when being in older buildings with plenty of history. For maybe a year or so now, I have been white lighting myself, usually in the shower as it's easier to become routine. Tracy, there was an episode in which you spoke about washing off energy that doesn't serve you and envisioning like a second layer of skin sludge falling off you and down the drain. I just wanted to say thank you. I've incorporated this into my daily practice and feel that it works an absolute treat for me. I do this morning and night. Of a night time, my youngest daughter almost every night will still creep into my room and jump into bed with me. The time is always different. She's never upset. She just comes in and goes straight back to sleep. She shares a room with my other daughter and lately... Um, 
and Laidley will not come in long after her, so she isn't alone. Not long after my marriage breakdown, I went through a really tough time. Dark night of the soul, perhaps. My connection to spirit was through the roof. I think my daughter might be a bit like me, and I also think she brings spirits. I call them travellers home with her. <laughs> of a night. My nights. husband calls something else a traveller. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Of a night time, I used to be able to hear shuffles up and down the hallway. After she'd come into my room, I could always notice a difference in the energy in my room. This is when I started to protect the house and build a better relationship with my guides. I have black tourmaline in every far corner of the house and every far corner of the yard. I've white-lighted domes over the house to help. I sage regularly and ask my guides to rid the house of any negative and unwanted energy. I've also spoken to my guides about a strict no-bedroom policy, especially for my daughter. There has been a couple of times I feel spirit hasn't listened and have felt them around after she's come in to visit and I've promptly spoken to my guides about boundaries so we can sleep and this seems to work. She's never unsettled or scared. Being four, I wonder if she even understands. Your first episode of this season about crystals, you spoke about when they go missing and that and that there is often more meaning behind this than not. I've had black tourmaline skulls sitting next to my bedside as between spirit and my dreams, I was having a really rough time sleeping. It was about four centimetres high. One day it went missing. I think it has been about a year. The other day, my daughter walked in and said, here, mummy, I found your special stone and placed it next to my bed. When I asked her where she found it, she said, in my other daughter's purse in the toy box in my room. Not only was I surprised that she knew it was special to me as I didn't think she'd be old enough to remember and that she placed it back on my bedside, but I feel it may have been in their room this whole time and maybe they clearly needed it more than me. Now going through the grief of this latest relationship breakdown, it's shown back up. Sat right next to the large chunk of smoky quartz my last partner gifted to me to help me at night time. My connection with spirit is actually something that I want to develop further and at this stage is something I would prefer to keep open in courage within my daughter so long as she is comfortable. You guys bring me so much joy to my ears each new episode. Thank you so much. Big love, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate. That was a long read. You weren't wrong. (laughs) It was. And... How remarkable are those connections, you know, like her finding out that her grandparents were, yeah. were buried right where she is without even knowing and... Speak, speaking about ancestors. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Really cool. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it when you hear stories about people coming full circle. Um, I've got a client down at um, in Adelaide at Mount Gambia mm. who uh, runs the jail there. Uh, that's not a jail anymore. It's a like a bed and breakfast and an events um, location. But she uh, didn't know until she moved in that most of her ancestors had spent time as inmates or served as um, wardens. Worked there. And guards there. So like in her family, it's almost every generation there has been someone who has had something to do with that jail and she didn't know until she started working there. And she actually found a letter inside one of the walls where a whole heap of letters were stored that was – sent it was a Christmas card I believe sent to one of her like I think it was her great grandfather okay from one of the one of his sons that were in jail and she just found this letter she's like that's my like that's my family name and then she discovered that it was a letter she had no idea until she got there it's just this constant um pull back towards towards that location which is so fucking cool love that stuff yeah love it we're going there aren't we we are we can get our shit together yeah yeah, COVID's a bit scary. Like just with, oh, with absolutely like it is. sudden, yeah. what are they called, sudden lockdowns or yep. it, where it's just like that's it, you've got like five minutes to get out of the state or you're here yeah. for the next like three days and it's like, oh, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I wouldn't want to be there for three days or more, but I'd it's rather be just, at home. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it just takes away from everything that we have planned. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Back to Kate's story. Yes. <laughs> Not COVID. No. So um, I think that the the biggest thing that I want to talk about when it comes out of Kate's story really is that towards the end where she talks about um, wanting to keep that connection open for her daughter if she wants to and to work on um, her own connection and build uh, 
it, it sort of sounds like building a, a home where it feels safe and normal to communicate about these experiences so that we don't lose those parts of ourselves when we're little um, and then also um, knowing what's uh, responsible as well when it comes to being a parent with a child who has extra ability or yeah. stronger abilities. You know a lot about this. I do because all three of my children are gifted in their own way um, with the middle one, Luca, being uh, the one who showed uh, the most promise, <sighs> no, <laughs> the strongest abilities at an earliest age. Uh, so he was three when when it became really obvious that he was seeing dead people, um, except the people that he was seeing, it was very much like uh, the Sixth Sense movie with that kid. So Disturbing. Luke, yeah, so Luca's, um, Luca's ability at that time, obviously he wasn't aware of how to control it or stop it. I mean, he was three. So between the ages of three and five, he was basically haunted and tormented by these appearing whenever they wanted to. And when we when we lived in our house before this one, it was pretty much just his twin sister apparently that would visit. So he didn't know he was a twin. He just came to us one day and was talking about his twin sister and it was crazy and my husband was just like, what is going on? <laughs> um, and then when we moved into this house and did a whole heap of renovations and basically gutted the entire thing and cut a few trees down and everything, um, we disturbed some of the um, the Indigenous spirits on the land and so they were paying regular visits and obviously they knew Luca could see him. So um, they were scary-looking dudes, which they would be to a little five-year-old, four to five-year-old, always four, a four-year-old, you know, to me like – the intention behind someone is more scary and their energy is scary rather than what they look like. But I don't find people's physicality scary, but a four-year-old would. Yeah, um, it's different then. Yeah, and so um, there are times when, like, for example, um, I was listening to a story um, at some point this week. I don't even know where I listened to it or what it was, but um, there was a, a lady saying that her little girl um, would wake up in the middle of the night and scream, um, help, and, and no. And so the mum kept coming in and they were trying to sleep train her. She was two and it lasted all the way until she was three. And so she finally went and spoke to someone like they went and they went to the, um, the child psychologist, the pediatrician, they went to everywhere and they ended up just giving her allergy medicine to get her to sleep at night. Oh, to knock her out. Yeah. So the mum finally decided that she would do something from the spiritual side of things, even though her husband was so like, oh, you're crazy and whatever. That's just stupid and silly. Hippie shit. Yeah. She went and she did it. And, um, the uh, whoever it was that she saw told her to do some of the things that I'm going to tell people to do today, but um, <laughs> she didn't expect to happen what happened. So um, the daughter uh, was told to tell the spirit to not scare her and to stay away and that it wasn't welcome in the room and all that kind of stuff. But then the spirit, she, she told the spirit that it could live in the laundry or the bathroom or something. Like I can't remember which space it was. And so then every time the little girl, the three-year-old would walk past whatever room it was, the bathroom or the laundry, she'd say, hi, Mr. X, because it told her that its name was Mr. X. Wow. And so she'd go, hi, Mr. X, how are you today? That's good. And then the mum was saying to the little girl, I don't like that Mr. X lives in the bathroom or the laundry. Could you please just ask Mr. X to leave? And she goes, well, why don't you go tell him yourself? He's just there. And she's just like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> That would be me. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Mr. X can stay there. <laughs> I'm just be ringing you. Crazy. <laughs> comes all this out. So for, I guess for starters it comes down to like whether the child is physically scared, whether the child's sleep is being interrupted. And if these two things are happening, then the first thing that you need to do is um, ease the child's mind first and and give them arm them with the ability to be able to control the situation like give them a sense of thinking that they're controlling the situation because their intention will be more powerful at that point rather than you doing it for them so empower them to yeah, do correct things. empower them to do it even though you're going to have to do more anyway yeah. um it's just a really good thing to teach a, a young child from the very early point that they that they 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 can have all that they need to protect themselves. They don't need mummy. They don't need daddy. They don't need the teacher or anything else. They don't need the light on. They don't need to come and sleep into someone's bed or whatever, yeah. that they feel like they have what they need to protect themselves. Um, 
So the first thing you want to do is let them know that they can stand at their doorway. You can take them to a crystal shop and get them some black tourmaline and have them tell the tourmaline what they want it to do, which is to only allow energy that, that's good for them to come into their room and then help them place it on the top of the architrave on the inside doorway. And then have them just stand at the doorway and if they can see who it is that they've been seeing or speaking to, then then they've got to say it to them. If if they can't, then they just have to say it in the general direction out, like facing out of the room and just say, um, you know, it depends on what you want, but um, really it's just a matter of you're not allowed in my room and it's not okay to scare me. And so you have to tell them directly because they will listen. And if you say it with an intention, it's an energetic experience. So they, they, there's not really much they can do about it. Um, also, um, with that too, you, you want the child to, um, feel like their room is a safe space for them. Um, because what can happen is that like sometimes I've actually seen like it hasn't, it's actually not been for a while. I think it's probably because of COVID because before COVID it used to happen like frequently enough where I would have a parent contact me, usually a mum, but it has been dads or, or sometimes it's, um, grand grandparents, but, um, it, the child will appear to be malnourished. Like they will get sunken eyes. They, they're not sleeping. They're not oh. eating properly. They're really lethargic and they've taken them to the doctors and the doctors just said, you know, they're not sleeping properly. We need to get them on melatonin and yeah. we need to get them on some sausagen. Like we need to. And so at that point, what we've got is an energy that is not welcome even in the house. So the child standing at the door at that point is going to detract from that child's energy rather than then, then give it more empowerment. So we really need to get the child out of that room and maybe move bedrooms if it's possible wow. or move everything out of the room, cleanse it, give it a really good clean, place some um, black tourmaline in there as well and maybe even um, maybe just depending on how bad the situation is or how serious the situation is, um, you may even need to place more than just one black tourmaline at the door. You might need to put a few different things around as well um and then each time something is brought into the room um sort of give it um give it like a, a once over before it comes in with some sage and and set it in a different position to where it was so rearrange the room um and just give it a whole new energy and a whole new vibe so that the energy if an energy is in the room it's not going to be going to its usual sources for for energy so i would be taking out lamps i'd be taking out radios who has a radio these days but taking out like any like televisions any electronic electrical. yeah Chargers. anything yeah i'd be taking anything electrical out of my child's room if it was that bad Wow, um, that sounds pretty bad. Well, it can be. And and I guess more importantly, the parents are shitting themselves. Yeah. And so this is just a way for parents to feel like they're doing something practical. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And it's easy to do. So it's not like I'm saying, oh, you have to sell your house and burn it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying we have to medicate your child. Yeah. Like a, a parent would much rather do these things than, you know, go and see psychologists and psychiatrists sure. and get diagnosed and put a child through that much trauma. It's certainly worth a shot, isn't it? Yeah. And then, um, then what I would be doing would be going down that melatonin route and I'd be introducing a sleep routine to try and get the child to sleep because sleep is the most important thing, you know, like especially for a child. But um, we need that sleep because we need the brain to be able to rest and then we need, its, we need the child's um, higher self to be able to get stronger. And so that's going to happen when the child's asleep. So that's what I would do if it was one extreme to the other. Yeah, that sounds like an extreme for yeah. sure. Um, I would also encourage someone to never let a child do any chatting to spirit in their bedroom. Oh, right. So if you happen to see your baby chatting and everything and you think they might be chatting to their grandparent or whatever, then it's a different story. Yep. But if you don't know the source and it feels scary and the child's behaving in a way that's just strange and it's turning you off in yep. a strange way. Character and yeah. Yeah, I would be, if the child was old enough, I would be saying to the child, if that happens, you need to come and tell mummy and you need to, or daddy, and you need to talk to the, tell that spirit that you'll talk to it outside or that it can come into the kitchen and talk to you, but try and get the spirit to come out of the room when the child's going to engage. Because otherwise, as soon as a child's in there, the spirit will appear. 
Yeah, draws them. Correct. It's just their energy. So we want to try and teach a child that there needs to be sacred spaces for where it's intentional to connect. So, you know, for me, it's like they, they don't just have a free-for-all in my home or even in the building that I work in. Yeah. They have to stay where I tell them to stay and a child can tell them to do that too. So as a parent, you can always tell the child to do it if the child's old enough to say it and understand it. Um, but you can always say it yourself uh, as that double measure. But it's very important that the parent doesn't come from any any space of fear. Mm. So if the parent can't do it, you get someone that is completely unattached to it. It doesn't have to be a spiritual person. It can just be your next door neighbor. You know, it can just be anyone that you just want it to come in yeah, and you just want to say no nonsense friend. Yeah. That, that can have. just come in and just go, Hey, you get the fuck out. You're yeah. not welcome in here. It's off. Yeah. And so <laughs> that person doesn't have any fear attached. Yeah. So the energy is going to just get the intention of out you go. Come on, you're being evicted. Off you go. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, the energy may uh, pick up on the fear and it is just going to go against you. It feeds it. Yeah. Uh Mm. So the other thing too is that if you've got a child who is really struggling, if if you go outside and you have a look that on the external wall that is on the outside of their child's bedroom wall is a electric board, um, it's best that you either move house, (laughs) move room for that child, um, have the electrical board moved. If this is, if you've got a child who you think might be like you and be extra sensitive and all that kind of stuff, um, it's not ideal. Uh, Luca's bedroom is above and on the, he shares a wall that the electrical thing was on. So I was really concerned about that at first, but he's like a super freak. Like he, um, (laughs) he's so good at just blocking it. He's learnt yeah. from very early on by the sounds. When he needs it's just to how it is. Yep. Yeah, there's no kind of nonsense. There's no fear about it anymore. It's like this is just what you do when this happens. It's just like yep. when you're hungry, you eat. And when you need to yeah. go to the toilet, you go to the toilet. Yep. When this happens, you do this. And it's just very, it's just normal. Yep. Um, so they're those kinds of things. But also um, what's really helpful too is that if you've got spirits around the house or travellers, for example, um, of the spiritual kind. Of uh, the spiritual kind. <laughs> uh, um, Not Matt's travellers. Yeah. Um, what you can do is make time for them. So you can say to them, hey, that's cool. If you want to if you want to talk, if you want to chat, whatever, and this is for adults and children, but and even for you to do together if you wanted to, but you could put aside like, okay, maybe every day um, if, if it's that, if it's, that's really something that you want to do. Um, maybe like before you have, um, a shower or a bath, uh, just sit down and just say, this is the time. So it might be from when the sun is setting. So between where it's light and dark, you sit down and they know then that they've got your attention and that they don't have to come and get your attention when, when you're by yourself yeah. or finally resting or whatever. Any they've, other time. Yeah. They've got it out of their system. Mm. And you'll also find that the messages and the communication, the clarity will be stronger. Like it'll be clearer and stronger messages at that point. Um, so you can create a little space, a little corner in the house. Just don't do it in the child's bedroom or in your own bedroom. Um, you could do it outside, uh, whatever. You could just make like, I don't know, a little fairy garden or something or a little toadstool garden or I, I don't know, whatever you want, like a little feng shui garden, a little <laughs> water, water feature or something, whatever, I don't care. But give them a space and a time that they can get out what they want to get out because really they're just there because they know that you can see them or sense them. Do they want something? Sometimes they do. And they're usually the ones that you'll see that the child is looking withdrawn and not sleeping very well, um, might be coming very solemn and quiet and um, just getting very lethargic and just not being themselves. Mm-hmm. It's very rare, but when it happens, it happens. And usually parents are pretty quick to jump on it these days because it's much more acceptable to consider something like this, especially if the parent is maybe just a little bit aware that there's something going on as well and then realising that the child might be getting the brunt of it. Um, But the other thing that you can do, depending on the age of the child as well, is sit down and just journal their experiences for them for when they're a bit older because from when they turn 7 to the age of 12 is sort of when they'll start to lose it if they're going to, but they can, they, if, if a parent, like for example, my three kids, they, they have not lost anything, but it just turns it down. It's like the volume goes down the intensity. And then when they're old enough and they'll let me know and energy will let me know, but it'll just ramp back up again. Like it just turns it back up again. Um, so 
between the age of seven and 12, you'll start to notice that it'll start to taper off. And it's best as a parent to not talk to your children really about it at that time. But by then have some, have them doing some regular journaling to be able to remember and to bring in that memories for themselves, but you don't necessarily talk to them unless they talk to you about it. Um, And the best way to get them to do that is to do that yourself. Yeah. So it's monkey see, monkey do. But if they start from a really young age, then they're just going to progress into wanting to do that on their own when they can write. Um, So like Alaska sits down now and she'll just write stuff and usually it's cute little love letters. But um, she's at that age now where I really want to start getting her to, I bought her, I don't know if you saw it downstairs, that little book that's on the table. Um, I bought her a little book um, to put all that stuff in. You can put your worries in there, you can put your gratitude in there and you can also put your conversations with spirit in there. So um, that's a really great you know, sort of coming of age thing in this, in this sort of realm, yeah. you know, living like this, it's just like, it's just like the, it's like what you would do if you're a witch, you, you would pass these, these rituals and these things on to your children as they move through it. Um, and also encourage them not to feel embarrassed by it as well, but also let them know that not everyone will understand because not everyone has has the abilities that they do. Because um, I remember Luca going to school and telling a couple of his friends and then it's almost like his friends went home and told their parents and their parents basically said, you are never allowed to speak to that child again. <laughs> so you just want to be really mindful that, that can it, it can happen. Mm-hmm. So it, depending on how sort of um, sensitive your child is, because usually they are quite sensitive, um, you just want to make sure that they're understanding that these kinds of things, it's best to speak to your mum or your dad or your, your brothers and sisters about first or your grandparents or whoever. Tell the teacher it's really good for them to feel that the teacher gets them. Even if the teacher doesn't believe, just say, look, this is what happens. It's fairly standard for us at home. She or he has it under control. We're okay. But we just thought we'd let you know, almost like if they had like a an allergy or, you yeah. know, there was something going on at home, like with a breakup of a marriage or someone died or something. It's just yeah. a piece of information that would really help a teacher. Yeah, if an understanding of where that child's at. Correct. Because what's sense. to say or who's to say that the child's not going to be at school and a spirit's not going to pop in? Yeah. Like you can't be with them at all times and you want to just let the child know that there is a safe space to go. But they can also take their journal to school with them and just write it down and show it to you when they get home. Um. There's also a really important um, thing, which is to not judge or tell them that what they've seen is wrong or impossible. Even if you know that, um, even if you believe what's happening and you're not trying to say to them, no, like you're making that up. If they were to say, you know, like a spirit came and, um, you know, told me to do something or looked a certain way or, um, just because sometimes your own experience is not like that. Like, for example, I don't see the dead people that Lucas sees. I don't see tortured, stuck, sixth sense kid, dead people. Yeah. it's I've never seen them like that ever. So that doesn't mean that Lucas' experience is wrong. That's it's right. just different. Yeah. And so it can make you feel um, like as a parent, it can make you feel scared for them and it can make you feel like you're stuck in a situation that's impossible because you can't help them. For sure. But what you, you can help them. You can help them by letting them know that that's just the way they experience it and give them the rules that we're all given, which is you can't, you, you can't hurt me, you yeah. can't scare me, and you can't be in my room. Um, then there's the clap three times thing too. So if they're ever scared, you can just clap really loud three times so that, that, that will make the spirit go away. Like absolute. It's so funny when you just hear all your kids clapping. I'll never forget the time when that used to happen. It was just like, just clapping. There's all these three claps. It's like the middle of the night or like you think everyone's asleep and it's like 11 o'clock and you just hear clap, clap, clap. And you're like, Oh God. (laughs) And try to stop yourself from running in. Uh, just let them take ownership of it um, and if they're fine, then in the morning you can say to them, if they make it through the night, you can like in terms of not coming in to speak to you, yeah. in the morning you can just say to them, you know, like I heard you clapping last night, is everything okay? And maybe they'll just say, yeah, it's all good, I just clapped and it went away. And at that point it needs to be a non-issue. Cool. It's just yeah. like awesome, well done Yeah, and that's it. And so don't be like, oh, who was it? What did they want? Were you scared? Don't make a big deal out of it. It's just they're learning and they're learning how to measure it for themselves and to learn what they're okay with as well. Um, Because I, for a really long time, was 
probably more okay with things than I probably should have been. Like if I had a if I had a mum or a dad who was like me, I probably would have been in trying to say, look, you don't have to deal with that. That's not okay. Um, yeah. Mm. So there are a few things that you can do. Um, There's lots there. Yeah, there is. But I think that um, it's all very age appropriate. And to just know that um, through their teenage years, sort of from around 12 to maybe 16, 17 for girls especially, but I'm seeing a lot of boys coming up now um, or coming through uh, that are equally as strong or or, um, observational about that whole situation. that's when you can start sort of reintroducing the conversation. But most importantly, without a doubt, it's if they see their mum or their dad or whoever it is that they're around owning their own stuff and 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 owning their own spiritual talk and walk, um, they'll feel really confident and it'll drop very quickly back into being able to pick it up where they left off. It'll just be far more cleaner and controlled um, there'll be less fear. They'll feel stronger and more empowered. Yeah. Um, Makes and s- sense. Just like anything by demonstration. Yeah. Yeah. And so the spirits might sort of start to fade away from about seven till they're about 16, but their belief in, in that being there and their abilities, none of that has to go away. In the realness of it. Correct. Yeah. It's just a skill. It's like, okay, so, you know, like if you go away on a holiday for a really long time, you don't drive. Like you just don't drive your car. And then you come home, you're like, shit, I've forgotten how to drive for a second. It's just like <laughs> you have to remember how to do things that you haven't done in a while. Yeah. And so, but if if it's something that you have no kind of um, preconceived fear about or ideas about, then you you have no problem picking it back up where you left off. Gotcha. Um, and then also just being really mindful of the um, the material that they're that they're absorbing as well. So the shows they're watching and the books they're reading, um, the podcasts they're listening to. Uh, just to make sure that the information that they're receiving is responsible and top level because whilst there is more information out there than there's ever been before for children and for parents alike when it comes to this sort of stuff, there's also a lot of freaking shit out there as per usual with everything. Yes, so you so want to make, yeah, you just want to make sure that um, that if they go like, oh, I saw this book and I borrowed it from the library and it's about this and this and this, just have a look at it quickly. It, it, it's almost like looking at whether it's an age appropriate book. Instead, we're looking at if it's a spiritual appropriate book for for our child. Yeah. And um and what sort of what we want. And it's not what we want for them, but it's how we want it delivered to them and when we want it because they're still a child and as an adult we and as their parent we get to determine how and what they get when they get it. It's it's part of our protection for them. And there has to be that level of parenting around the spiritual side of things as well, about the information being age appropriate and spiritually appropriate as well. Such a good point. Yeah. Um, And I think also to just um, letting them lead the way, letting them be the ones who come to you and say, hey, um, you know, this is happening or this happened and then um, then talk to them about it. But try not to be at them all the time um, and try not to, if, especially if you're not someone who can also experience these things and you don't understand it and you're curious, it's going to overwhelm them and it's going to give them the shits. And then <laughs> they're not going to have a really good experience with you when it comes to talking about their spirituality. No, they're going to almost feel a little bit like a, a sideshow or like a, a – um, like a, a party trick, um, especially if they hear you talking about it to other people. It's not for you to talk about to other people. It's a private, sacred thing. So, yeah, talk to your friends and share, but don't let the child hear it. You know, be an, a parent that if your child was wetting the bed, you're not going to go up to the school and talk to all the mums and say it in front of everyone, oh, hi, my child wets the bed still and they're 11 or whatever. You're going to say it maybe with one or two really close friends or family members and it's going to be in confidence and private. So, don't let your child hear you talking about them and their abilities unless, of course, you are also quite spiritual and the child is around a very spiritual community and has people around them where that's just they've always grown up with people talking about it, then that that's totally fine. Yeah, where it's understood. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't really want the child to be having any room for coming up with why this is a bad thing or why I'm being judged or why I'm different, which is 
what I find the most important thing as a child who was like that, I felt very different. And I know each child has to go through their own experiences, but for a child to feel different, that's almost all consuming for all children. Yeah. And this is just one more way for them to feel even more freakishly different. And you, as a parent, you do not want to be a person that also that makes them feel that way. Yeah. Be aware. Yeah. And I think also like one more thing, like the last thing I guess that I want to say, unless you've got any other questions, um, is that, you know, if you're like the one half of the parenting situation and like, for, for example, that story that I was saying earlier where the wife was just like, no, stuff it, I'm going to go and speak to a spiritual person. And the dad was just like, yeah. no. And, and she, you know, also mentioned about him not wanting to spend the money on doing something like that. Um, that can be tough. It can be really tough. And so one of the best things to do is um, really to just say, like, bring it back down to what's actually happening and just say to the other, the other parent, just look, our child is suffering in whatever way, shape or form. And as a parent, I want to do everything that I can to make sure that I can help our child. And this is just one more thing to look at and just almost just be like, let's do it so that we can write it off and then we'll never talk about it again. Yeah. But I can guarantee you if you're at that point, then it's going to be spiritual. And if you start seeing results after you have tried it, then there's your... And it doesn't need to be, and I told you so. And, no, the, no. and the other parent doesn't need to be just like eye roll every five seconds. But it's justified. Correct. Yeah. In saying that too, though, like way back in the beginning, early podcast days for us, Hannah, how I was talking about how um, it would be a dream if you would take your child to a GP and the GP said, let's just look at everything else that's going on and consider this yeah. included in their holistic approach to what they're looking at because it could completely bypass psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, visits to different doctors, blood tests, like that could all be avoided for a child if they took a week to two weeks to see if doing any of these things benefited the child first. Yeah, just have it on the radar Yeah, to begin with. Yeah, and you don't necessarily need to go and speak to a spiritual person. Like there's so much in this podcast that you could do without going to pay for it, Mm. without needing to say it to your husband or your wife or whoever else is at home that's telling you you're crazy for thinking this. Just do it anyway. They're not going to think that because you've pulled the electricity out of the room that it's a spiritual connection because people who don't know spirituality or have something against it don't put electricity and spirit together. No, it's just dodgy wiring, mate. Yep. And if you take all the furniture out and cleanse the room, cleanse the room when there's no one there. But if you take all the furniture out and someone says, are you crazy? Just say, well, she or he's decided that they want to paint their room a new colour. Yeah, spring cleaning. Yeah. So there's ways to do it. And I always call this manipulating with pure intent. (laughs) (laughs) It's just reading the room, isn't it? It is. Yep. (laughs) I love that. Yep. And I love how you talked about um, for the, like, teenagers, Mm -hmm who were starting to reintroduce this sort of stuff and how, um, you know, just ensuring that where they're getting their information from is sort of reputable sources mm-hmm. um, rather than just anything that mentions it, especially on TikTok. I've seen lots oh, of God. teenage crap on TikTok when it comes to crystals. Oh, all this it's hilarious. Stuff, um, which we're not even going to enter into too much, but I, um, it's a good element to to instill in your kids to be inquisitive about their sources of information and not to believe everything they see or hear. Um, and that's across the board, but absolutely board, with spirituality because spirituality. it's dangerous. And it's less, it's even less understood than everything else that we need to be, you know, critically thinking about and analysing. So even more so important in this realm of things. But I certainly always... Um, try to bring up the questions with Lucy about, you know, oh, years ago when she'd watch an ad when she was tiny, be like, oh, now I want that Barbie or no, I want that. I'm like, that's marketing. You've just, you know, that's an ad. It's an advertisement and that's why you want it because that ad has just made you want it. Yeah. Isn't that smart? So, <laughs> and it is smart. Just rob your child. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really want another toy. No. <laughs> But, but I think that's that like influence. Yeah. And when, when a, ch- when a teenager is like being reintroduced back into it, or you're turning that volume back up again with this kind of stuff, hopefully they've got enough of a foundation to recognize what's shit and what's not. And enough hopefully. of, and most sensitive kids are far are usually more mature. 
than than the non-sensitive kids or the less sensitive kids. They've usually got a little bit more of a wisdom about them that's just like, I'm not doing that. Or like, are you kidding me? That's just stupid. And and they might they'll say it in their own 16-year-old language or whatever. Yeah. But um teaching them, that's why empowering a, a young child from the get-go, teaching them how to read the energy for themselves will serve them later on in life as well when when if and when they choose to turn it back up again for themselves. That it doesn't go away. Mm. You just you just know how to read energy that whole time. But also to explain to them too that you know, one other thing that I should probably mention, you know, like during my, you know, probably from about the age of 15 up, you know, I experimented a lot with drugs and alcohol and that did not help my situation. Like I had full hallucinations. Like I had some really, really psychotic experiences. There was one that like still to this day is so strong in my mind that, um, it makes me feel funny in my tummy because I cannot believe that I actually went through that and didn't just completely break. Wow. Yeah. So, um, that sounds really scary. It it was very scary. And I did it. And it was alone too. I was alone when I went through it. Um, it's actually though I've had two experiences like that, but there's one in particular that was really bad. Um, and, when you're a sensitive or when you're open to these energies, drugs and mainly drugs, but drugs and alcohol combined, drugs, um, they can they can send you over the edge, and you kind of get to the point where there's a little bit of there's a point of no return. Um, so, teaching a child as well from a young age to not medicate their um, or numb their their experiences, but rather to talk about it or journal it or do something to cleanse and ground and protect themselves. You know, like I think it probably goes without saying that all people should have their children getting in the shower if they recognize that they are this way um, and teaching them to wash away their day and to put themselves in white light and to teach them how to do that from a young age. So if they know how, if they can sense in the room that the energy's there, like that girl that was walking past the bathroom with the laundry and saw Mr. X, like she knows he's there because she can sense him. Like she knows he's there because she never knew what he looked like. She couldn't describe what he looked like, but she just knew he was there. And it's like they know, like everyone who is like me knows when there is something there. And that's an energetic thing. So if you can teach a child from a really young age just to sense energy, then as they grow and they go through, you know, experimenting with drugs and alcohol or whatever it is that's all rite of passage kind of stuff really. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. If you can like sort of arm a child with the knowledge that um, this is this this does happen to people like us. Uh, it's more susceptible as well to to happening because it's very it's very easy to to flick it, um, and it's it leaves us open to um, all kinds of things happening that you know I'm I, I'm never going to talk about negative stuff on this podcast and and scare people, but it's scary and it's the reality of it. And sometimes there's no coming back. Yikes! Yikes! So just be aware, mm-hmm. start in early, yeah, <laughs> wind them up. Yeah, and just Talk again. about it. Yeah, again, like I think if we could give like maybe three or four points um, to take away from it all, it's one, empower them with their own ways of being able to protect themselves when they're scared, um, empower them to um, be able to communicate with an adult, a trusted adult, um, empower them to understand that it's sacred to them too and that not everybody understands it and not everybody is the same. I wish I had known that. Yeah. I know why I didn't because I'm here to help people work that out, but um, it would have saved a lot of like poor Tracy in my mind and my little broken heart and my little sad self sitting in my room, especially between the ages of probably 7 and 14, maybe four, 7 and 13. Um, just that nobody likes me. I don't fit in anywhere. I'm a, I'm a reject. I'm I'm the... Like I had a girl once say to me, you're so cute when I was in year seven and I was just like, thanks. Mm-hmm. And she goes, do you know what cute means? And I went, mm, I think so. And she goes, ugly but interesting and then got up and walked away. Wow. Yeah, and that was just something that just stayed with me forever. And I know that it has nothing to do with who I am from the outside, but it had everything to do with who I was on the inside in how I knew I was different already. And now I just had someone coming up and saying how I was even more different. And it's just. And she doesn't even know the meaning of cute. Either. Clearly. It's terrible. Yeah. So um, we just, we, we don't need to give them another reason to feel different. So let them know that they're not different. 
they're actually just closer to home than most yeah. people. They're yeah. actually just been here more times than most people. And that's, that's what happens when we come back more and more and more, we become more aware earlier and that's all this is. And don't be ashamed of it. Um, and then also just age appropriate for parents, just make sure that the information that they're receiving is age appropriate. Um, make sure that, um, that they are physically okay first. You know, you want to make sure that there isn't something wrong. Oh, um, absolutely. We're not negating any kind of, you know, traditional medical attention. Correct. No. Yeah. If your child's losing weight and not sleeping and getting yeah. lethargic, then maybe go get them iron tested or something. Yeah, I don't obviously know. Obviously do all the traditional things absolutely. That, that this podcast doesn't cover. That goes without saying. Yeah. But yeah. don't be afraid to try these little hints and tricks and tips that really don't cost anything, don't take anything but a little bit of thought. Yeah. Um, you can do this concurrently with yep, all of that. Exactly. Yep. So Thank I hope you. that that helps. Yes, Kate. Surely. It helped me. Yeah, good, <laughs> good. I yeah. hope it helped all you out there too. Yeah. I think um, I was just thinking about my kids and how how like Harley came down, who's my eldest, and his abilities really only sort of just kick in on puberty onset, um, which is so different to what's standard. It's usually gone at puberty and then it comes back, but oh. he's kind of did the opposite. Wow. Um, and I'll never forget on the 22nd of the 2nd, 2020, which was a huge uh, portal yes. date for us. Yeah. Um, he just woke up one more, like he woke up that morning. It must've been a Saturday and he woke up cause he slept in and he came downstairs and he's just like, mum, something's going on with the earth today. I don't know. I can't explain it. I don't know what it is, but the energy is doing something. And he had no idea that it was the 22nd of the second, 2020. He had no idea that it was like a portal or a gateway. He just knew that felt he just felt shift. it. Yeah. Mm. And it's a 13 year old boy. Like it's the worst, like it's the last thing that yeah. you'd expect a 13-year-old boy to say to you. Totally. Yeah. Um, and like his premonition of COVID was quite remarkable. Saw everyone in hospital beds. Yeah, wearing like full masks and That's attached nice. to respiratory and all the doctors were wearing like ET suits and he was so afraid of, you know, something happening to one of us. And then we go, we go down to Melbourne and get back. And that's when we're all finding out about COVID and all we're seeing on the TV is these rows of people in hospitals and people in masks. And it was basically exactly what he'd seen. And he saw it in a night dream, but he also, the first time he saw it was in a daydream. It's like a vision. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, it's quite incredible, but he um, was freaked out more so that it's like, well, what am I supposed to do with it? Yeah. And so there's that's different the next things. question, yeah. isn't it? As soon as you become aware of all these things that you can see, that's yeah. natural to go, well, why am I seeing it? What do I do with this? Correct. Yeah. And so like for my children to have that happen didn't freak him out at all. Well, they're in the best position. Yeah. And so, but there's like, there's different things about it all that will freak different people out. Yeah. And so I was really impressed with him being a 13 year old dude, just yeah. coming down and not freaking out about it, but more just going like, well, what's the point of it? And then freaking out about that. It's just like, well, am I here to do something to stop this? And it's like, oh, I wish you were. <laughs> well, that'd be nice. Yeah. Hurry up. Mm. <laughs> He's taking his time. <laughs> yeah. So I guess most of what we've spoken about today is more for children that are a bit younger, that are, you're really just discovering this is what's going on. We yeah. talked a little bit about the older kids, but there is so much of a spectrum yeah. to where kids sit and, and where they're at. And it's all very individual, but this pretty much applies to everyone. Yeah, I guess it's just acknowledging it as part of, you know, every other element of life and daily life if you're yeah, with like, little kids that are like that and yep. it just is what it is. Yeah, you just adapt to yeah. their little curiosities and their, you know, their things that make them unique and this is just one way that they could be very unique but they're all they're just more evolved souls. That's all it is. They're just yeah. more evolved souls having a human experience and you were a lucky person to spit one out. <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah, very cool. And I'm very blessed to have three of them. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah. Of course you do. Of course I do. <laughs> well, guys, I hope that, um, you know, answers some of your questions and queries with regards to kids that are gifted in some way. Um, and we spoke about the meet and greet. but We did. So the 22nd of May, um, be there or be square. Yep. Be where? Be at somewhere. 
The Rocks. The Rocks yeah. at um, I forget what it's called. It's on. It's on the socials. Yeah, it's on socials, um, and also. Send us in your ghost stories for the latest edition of the Turns Out uh, situation. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it's haunted. Turns out it's haunted. Haunted places in Australia or some um, interesting sort of stories around the world that you want us to cover on the show. Even places that you'd like us to come and visit, you know, if, you, if yes. there's something in your hometown or whatever yeah. and we can add it to our list of going on an adventure and discovering um, and, you know, I'm also open to bringing other people along and making it a bit of a free-for-all. Yep. I think I'd probably want to do my own little investigation by myself but then have another thing where mm-hmm. we can open it up to listeners to come out and do it with us and yep. make something of it because that it makes it more fun. Yep. Cool. So get in touch. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. See ya. If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at tospsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore she's psychic and over on Facebook at TOSP Podcast.